Welcome to the Mind Gym. This is the Pain to Power podcast with Dr. Keith Abloh, where you become the strongest individual you can be. You know, I've got an idea of a way to think about your life that I think is very powerful and as a concept, if you keep it in mind, it can clear your mind, literally clear your mind. And when I say clear your mind, I mean it can make you able to act from your core with power. And uh, it's not without a little discomfort, uh, but minimal. Um, Remember, though, this is the Pain to Power podcast, so we're not going to avoid any discomfort. Even if it were really painful, if it made us more powerful, we'd take it. But this one isn't so painful, it's pretty simple. And it's to think of yourself, uh, I'm going to take you right back in a way to grade school or junior high, must be junior high or maybe even early high school, I don't know, Venn diagrams. I love Venn diagrams. Okay, what am I talking about? I'm talking, most of you know already, but I'm talking about uh, those circles that eclipse one another. And then, so you get two intersecting circles and there's a shaded area. You can have two, you can have three, you can have four, you can have five. There's a shaded area where the circles overlap. This is an incredibly powerful concept because it really does speak in a way to our lives and how we can become the people we were meant to be from all time. Now, I should give you my prejudice in that regard. Don't cancel me. There's nothing bad coming here. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything prejudiced. Um, No, uh, this is actually about becoming powerful and using this tool. So here's what I want you to know. I do have this prejudice that people have a core and that acting from it, just like if you were in a gym, acting from your core is the most powerful position you can take in life. Uh, And your core isn't created simply by every experience you've ever had, although it's shaped dramatically. Your life is shaped dramatically by those experiences, and yet you at core have a purpose, a mission, call it given to you by the universe or God. I prefer God. Other people say the universe You have core skills, talents, and a destiny. And you also have many influences on your life. Now, some of those build your core, promote your destiny, and accentuate what is possible for you. They are gifts. These are people, experiences, beliefs, ideals, etc., right? that promote you as a person. There are other things that happen to you, people you meet, people like your parents, right? You meet your parents. They're very powerful forces in your life. And not everything is going to contribute to your core purpose and possibilities. But I think they're still there. They're always still there. You never lose your core. You never lose your potential. question is, are you going to express it? What factors are going to promote you expressing that and make it more possible? And by the way, 
until you're doing that, you're like an instrument that's out of whack. That's what Robert Persig described it as in uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Everyone should read it, by the way. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. It's laborious to some extent. So what? Right? It's a little uncomfortable to read because it's long and it's a winding path, which is kind of the idea with the book Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. But as with everything in life, no pain, no power. And so he said, listen, to the extent that you're not acting from your core, you're an instrument out of adjustment. Everything will be a little harder. You know, you, if you're three or five or seven degrees off in your trajectory, if you set a compass and it's seven degrees off, you're going to end up after miles and miles of travel, miles and miles and miles away from where you thought you were going to land on shore. Because if you take a line out far on a graph and it's seven degrees off at the start, you're going to compound the error and end up way far away. Is that others words? I don't know. I think they were when I was like in sixth grade, way far away from where you were supposed to get. We'll take the words, they work. Uh, but in any case, what is this construct? The Venn diagram, imagine these circles, you're one of them. Okay, so you at core are one of the circles. That's you. And then things happen in life. We have experiences in people that move into the circle. They intersect with the circle. So instead of just being a pristine single circle, you become inevitably, no man, no woman is an island. You become inevitably a Venn diagram. Now, what I want you to do is to think about which circles have intersected with you. What are the predominant ones? So if you drew a big circle in the middle of the page, that's you. And if you thought, all right, I'm going to have some smaller circles, I'm going to make them as big as they deserve to be. Now, for most people, your family, each individual gets a very significant circle. Maybe not your siblings as much, certainly not your cousins, unless they were either incredibly positive or incredibly negative forces in your life. But your parents generally will have, you know, big roles in your existence, big circles that intersect with your own? How much do they intersect? That's one question. So when you're drawing your circle in the center of the page, or you're thinking about it in your mind, you're in the middle of the page, your big circle. You start out, you're born, you get nothing impinging upon you, nothing feeding you, right? Because we're not judging. We're just at this point deciding who and what in your life would be another circle that intersects with your own. So you want to draw those, give them the right size, because you're going to ultimately decide to what extent they intersect with you. How much land area in your soul, heart, mind do they deserve? Do they, well, deserves later. How much land area in your circle is taken up by those forces or people, or beliefs. So everything that you think deserves a circle, draw a circle for it. Start with people. People you've known who have impacted you and who continue by their example or their presence or patterns that they put in place in your life, 
that they got started in your life uh, or fears that they provoked in you or goals that they set in motion for you. Maybe good goals, maybe not such good goals. We got to decide all these things. I want you to think about what and who gets a circle. You're in the middle and now you're surrounded by these circles of various kinds that look almost like bubbles that are all around you, okay? And they are the formative forces in your life. You can go back to age zero if you want and take this forward all the way to today. Now, you know, things that come close to you, those bubbles around you that started with you early in life, they often have very large circles because they were present from the beginning when you were very vulnerable, you were still learning, you were a kid. Uh, And so they may, a bully when you were in first grade who stayed with you for four years may have instilled fears in you and questions about your self-esteem and that person may get a very big circle whereas someone who came into your life much later and with whom you established a very meaningful and long-standing relationship might not have as big a circle because legit in your mind you're starting to weigh well how much did this person impact me still and how much do they still that's the point try to be discerning how much is this person or this experience still a big factor in the way in which i conduct myself what I believe about the world, what I believe about myself. So if you went through something very traumatic, that in and of itself might be due to a person or an accident or um, any number of things. That may get a big circle right outside your own. Now we're going to decide, all right, well, the size of the circle is one way to measure these things, right? That's to some extent how big a factor these people or events, positive or negative, positive or negative, were. And you can draw, why don't you draw a, you know, just a sense of are these positive or negative? If we had a color coding key, we might choose different colors. But for now, you can just say, all right, I'm going to put in a a plus sign or a minus sign in the circle. Okay, so listen, some of these things are easy. If you had a, uh, you were unfortunate enough to have had, say, a person in your life, early in your life, who was detrimental to you very clearly, consistently, and uh, where you don't have to think twice about whether it's a plus sign or a minus sign, then put the the, the minus sign in. If you have somebody who was a mentor, who was tremendously loving, maybe even unconditionally so, how lucky would that be? Draw a plus sign. Some circles will get plus minus signs, (laughs) right? Plus slash minus, because you're still trying to understand what was the influence of this person, or maybe it was both. Maybe you're not trying to understand. You actually know, hey, it was really both. You know, I felt loved by this person, but I think because of his or her fears, maybe we're talking about a parent here, uh, there were also some limiting beliefs that were instilled in me. And then we're going to, so now you're thinking, okay, I've drawn all these circles around me, events, uh, people, I've defined them as clearly positive or clearly negative or plus minus. 
And now, whether you're imagining it or you're actually drawing it, I want you to think about or actually draw those circles intersecting with your own. How much land area gets shaded? How much intersection and shared area is there? So now you might need another page. Aren't we getting retro here? We're actually using pencils and paper. Um, no doubt uh, I should create an app for this. Maybe I will. But for now, it's even better because for now, you can actually create using a pencil and paper. And there's a thing at the end of the pencil called an eraser. Remember those? So you can make uh, changes. And you'll see where you made the changes. See how much we're losing, by the way? We're losing, as technology gives us more tools, we're losing things. Because remember when you would erase, you could see that you had erased it. Uh, and that told you you had done work. And it also made you think, as you looked at the page and there were places where you had erased, you'd think, man, maybe I should go back to that. And whoa, look at how complicated this has gotten. There was a memory trace right there on the paper made out of graphite and rubber, and you could see it, right? Oh, God, I could feel it almost, how you'd be careful not to go through the paper. I don't want to rip the paper with the eraser. Anyhow, that's a, a distraction at this point. Uh, but in any case, you're going you're gonna to move on the second page. You're going to draw the intersections. So give, your, give each circle of whatever size its due. So now you're getting refined in this sense. You're refining the model. So first blush was, hey, how big a circle does uh, my best friend of, of 11 years... Uh, or 20, or, or two, how big a circle does he or she merit? How big a factor do I think this fellow or person or woman was? By the way, there's my phone chirping at me. That's a distraction. That's a technology intrusion. Anyhow, how, and that could get a circle, technology. Uh, how big a factor is this person as to the area of the circle, the diameter of the circle? Now we're going to get even more refined because we're going to decide, okay, how much of an intersection is this with my circle? So we're going to superimpose the circles, or if you will, we're going to draw one circle starting to eclipse the other. If it's a little bubble, because you already decided, eh, you know, it's not that big a factor. I just think that I should draw a circle because it's not nothing. Then it can't really take up much land area in your circle. There's not going to be much of a shaded area because it's just a little bubble to start with, a little circle. Even if it moved all the way into yours, it still wouldn't comprise that much. But if you drew something that's a pretty sizable circle, say it's uh, a parent of yours, then the question is, it's labeled positive or negative or plus minus, and now you're going to further refine by saying, all right, does, does half... That circle I drew is pretty big. Does, does half of it intersect with my circle? So that literally the shaded area is half of my dad's circle? Uh, or really is it more like a quarter? So we're getting two bites at the apple to define how much of a factor is this. And we've already defined, is it positive or negative? And I want you to do that with as many factors as you can. 
So that at the end of this process, what, what have you got? At the end of the process, you've got circles intersecting with your own. Your own is in the center. And now all around the circumference of your circle are intersecting circles. So it looks like, in a way, almost like a necklace with different sized beads on it. And instead of the thread going right through the center of each bead, it's going to go through a different point on each bead, right? Because not each of each of the circles won't be 50% overlapping with yours. Some will only be an eighth and some will be small circles. Some will be big circles and they'll be labeled plus or minus. Then we're going to get even more refined. By the way, what's that sound? That's my dog having some water. Uh, <laughs> from his bowl and talk about things that immunize you from being too technologically focused. Charlie, my dog is one of those things because he comes in here. He's like, I want water and uh, I don't care that you're doing a podcast. There you go, Charlie. Um, I, I need you right now. He needs me to fill up his bowl in a little while. So, you know, we can't go on that long here, but what do you got? So you got your circle, these intersecting circles, and now we're going to get further defined because we're going to say it's not just plus or minus. Let's write out next to each intersecting circle that intersects with you. Let's write out what did I learn from this person, positive and negative? How are they still affecting me now? Okay, so let's say you drew a circle because uh, a big fixture in your family was your uncle. And your uncle had one business after another. And he was a very wealthy guy in your mom's family, your mom's brother. And he was like the star of the family. And everybody talked about him. And then he lost everything. And the lesson, okay, normally your uncle, he might have had a little circle. But you drew him a little bigger because the lesson from your uncle's life, it cast a very big shadow over yours. That's why there's a shaded area. And you drew them a little larger and you, you made it, you had to decide what, did you put a plus or a minus in it? You put a minus because it turned out that the family decided based on your mom's brother's experiences that nobody should ever take any chances. And you, you feel strongly that because of that, you didn't become a risk taker. And there were things that you didn't do that weren't even that risky, but you weren't willing to even take a chance. And so there's a negative sign in the circle. Now you're deciding, okay, I'm going to move it. I think it was a pretty big factor. I'm going to move it halfway into my circle. It's a pretty big circle. So we've got kind of a significant overlap. There's a fairly big bead on that chain, right? The chain is the circumference of your circle. It's a pretty big bead. And most of it's inside your circle. And now you're going to write about what you learned. And some of it, I guess you're saying is negative because you put a negative sign. And we're going to define each of these things and then increasingly write more about them so that you can really discern, well, wait a second, what other lessons did I absorb? from this fellow in my life and how much of it was reasonable, how much of it was realistic, because you'll start to get discerning. And that's the next level is where you say, sure, okay, 
So this was a big part of my the early lore of my life. My uncle took these risks. He was the star of the family. He was riding so high, and then he crashed. And that, then my mom always told me, never take a risk. Just make sure you get all your bases covered. Insurance is the biggest thing. And I became an insurance broker. Okay, well, now you're starting to connect the dots. And you get to start challenging yourself and saying, okay, as I look at these various circles impinging upon my own, my Venn diagram of life, what do I want to change? Even this exercise, by the way, will begin to change things for you because it will end up that you're surprised a little bit, I believe, very often this is the case, by how big a circle some individuals or events get how big a negative or positive they have been in your life, and how much area they still encompass in your pristine circle of self. Then what we have to do is determine, you have to take a tough look at that circle, those intersecting circles, the necklace comprised of these beads strung at different points of their axes on your chain of life, because they're more or less more or less a factor impinging upon your life. You have to take a look and say, well, how, how do I free myself of them? If I have this limiting belief that I shouldn't take risks, what in my life should I now be looking at, thinking, wait a second, I'm not a kid anymore and I'm not my uncle. And there was this myth in the family that you should never take a chance. And here I've got this opportunity, and I remember my Venn diagram. I'm not going to simply go with the status quo in which I'm encumbered by all this shading. I'm going to move some of the shading out. How can I do it? Well, there was that opportunity. Huh. I'm going to look more into it, you might say, because I remember the Venn diagram going to look more into it, even though it's uncomfortable, even though there's some pain associated with clearing the circles out of yours. You want the negative ones out. How are we going to pull them right out of your circle so that you become clearer, stronger, more self-directed and truer to your heart and your goals? What's the path to do that? Life will serve you up the opportunities to clear out your circle. But you have to see it for what it is. And it takes some effort, a little bit of discomfort, some pain to become powerful and pristine, which you can do. And I can't wait for you to get started. I hope you can't wait for you to get started. Thanks for joining another edition of Pain to Power, the ultimate podcast. Why? Because we don't settle for these uncertain times making us uncertain people. Pain to Power is meant to make you stronger and stronger as an individual. You want to get even stronger? Visit www.pain-power.com. Pain to Power. But it's the number two, not the letters. Uh, Don't forget the hyphens, pain-2-power.com. 
or email me if you want to work with me directly as a life coach, one-to-one. We'll do it together. Email me at info at keithablo.com or call 978-462-1125. And the lovely Tiffany will book your appointment. Thanks so much. Talk to you again real soon.